0: hello i'm greg howard jr and this is don't make this weird the podcast each week i invite a special guest to talk about their life news politics and anything else that may come up head over to the patreon where you'll get the random questions game a secret from my guest you get some merch for being a loyal patron and and you get this uh whole episode uncut and without this bit about joining the patreon so head over to patreon.com forward slash spring break 83 productions to join now
1: All right, and we are back with the host of the Veeps Peeps blog weekly political recap on TikTok and Instagram. One of my favorite people. We are here with Tiff. Welcome back.
2: Hello, hello.
1: (laughs) Okay, so we have been, we've kind of been touching on all pieces of these midterm races uh, that are going to be heating up in the next few months. Um, the midterms are next year. People uh, please check your voter registration, check it often. Uh But Val Demings threw her hat in the ring to take on Marco Rubio uh, several months ago. Um, and then just very recently, Another member of Congress from Florida, a rep Alan Grayson, um has also stepped in to say that he would like to take on Marco Rubio in the midterms. Um do you think rep Grayson should have stepped up or should he just have left well enough alone? All right, so here's my take. I don't
2: think anyone, whether no matter who you are, you can always enter a race. Like I don't, I don't think that's ever an issue, right? My issue with Alan Grayson is that what the hell has Alan Grayson really done? I mean, to be honest, like this guy has. I've when okay, I first got introduced to Alan Grayson like probably ten years ago. He used to be on Keith Olbermann all the time, and he oh. used to drive me he used to drive me crazy. And then he won his seat, and so we never heard from him again. So he's kind of been quiet the whole time. His wife is like a big time, like activist, doctor lady on Twitter. I think her name is Dina. She's pretty cool. Um, But I I don't know if they're still married, but she has the same last name, but they definitely were married at one point. So yeah, I don't really think that he fits the mold of what the entirety of Florida looks like. So From what I remember, he's from the panhandle, right? So we all know the panhandle is not South Florida. Like, so I don't know what his appeal would be to someone who is in South Florida. These people, a lot of them vote for Trump, voted for Trump. And so what the hell is Alan Grayson bringing to this race? Like, that's what I don't understand. So you want to get in the race, fine, cool. But I don't see how you beat of Val Demings, who was on the impeachment team, who has a name for herself, who can literally go out. And I know people like to talk about this in terms of being a cop, but she was the top cop in Orlando. So people know her. She has that area on lock. So what is, what is Alan Grayson really bringing to the table other than to be a pain in our asses, right? I don't, Think there's anything that makes anyone say okay yeah yay, alan grayson is jumping in the race like who's excited about that because i damn sure are am not and i'm sure people in florida aren't but hey you're in the race now welcome and yeah th- there's definitely receipts out there to find on alan grayson um, from back in the days and things that he said and things that he's done so it shall be interesting so he better lay off my girl because you know val is my girl so i'm ready Ready
1: for war. I just wonder because you know, Ed usually you don't hear much about them like in during the midterms and stuff, uh, but more during uh presidential primaries. I wonder if this is a situation where like rep Grayson would have been better suited to like launch an exploratory committee to see you know, do the phone polls and see if his name generated any excitement outside of Florida's third congressional district.
2: Yeah, I don't and you you would you would think that he would try to do something like that. But um, I don't I think this is a symptom of White male privilege, where they just kind of think that they're, you know, they never think that far ahead. They're like, yeah, well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm the guy, and I'm gonna try to be, you know, the top per the person that's at the top. Which we all know right now, the top, the person who we assume will be the candidate for, you know, to go against Marco Rubio will be Val. I mean, she has another person that's running against her. Um, I don't, I forget his name. He follows me on Twitter, black guy. Um, he's running too. And so, you know, like I said. yeah you don't even know who he is because i see it's not it's that she's just there um
1: is it um uh 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 uh, alton ellison isn't it is he the other one yeah i think he he follows like he follows all of us Um, yeah he
2: does He, he, (laughs) he 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 i've spoken to him in dm and yeah so yeah i'm all i'm all about val demings that's all i'm gonna say so yeah, he's, he's an interesting character. But yeah, I mean, he was in the race, he jumped into the race very early on, uh, probably month, like, a like, way before she did. So I want to say March or April, he's since he's been in the race. And then she jumped in, in the summer, early summer, and now Alan Grayson is. So I mean, three candidates, fine, make it a primary, make it fun. No, we never expect anything to be easy. The main thing is for her to have as much money as possible so that's what we're trying to do now fundraise for Val and for Sherry so that they can have the maximum amount of m- money in their bank accounts and when the time comes you know I'm not worried about Val because Val is very detailed and she knows herself so she can definitely point to things that she has done in her community and I think that's for anyone who's running a race in 2022 it's all about the receipts right So if you can show what you've done for your district and how you've made things happen, then you can win. And it helps when you are following along with the Biden-Harris team, right? So if you're a team player, you have to be, I'm, I'm very, very very specific about this you need to go out there and say you're a biden harris democrat right so used to be you used to be an obama democrat right or as as biden would say obama biden democrat but now it's a biden harris democrat and so you need to show how you have been you know working with with the team so you have to be a team player so whether it's you know going out there and selling their plans you know we, we i can guarantee you that Val will say, well, I went out there and I was campaigning with Kamala Harris, you know, for Biden. She, she has those receipts. What does Alan Grayson have? I've never seen him anywhere. So it's going to be very interesting.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't think I could tell you about Alan Grayson's like congressional voting history at all.
2: I don't know that I don't know. I don't know that he has. I mean, he he's he's not it's not. I can tell you he's definitely more of a centrist, moderate Democrat. He's not. Well, and I feel like so is Val. So there's not like there's not a much of a distinction to be like, well, she's a, you know, she's on the left or, you know, she can you know, she can point and say, well, you're a center. I mean, he's just there like some people or some people are just in Congress to be there which is why I said it's strange that he wants to actually get in this race. All
1: right. So while we are talking about, um, members of Congress, uh, recently the Congresswoman from Missouri, uh, Cori Bush referred to herself as a politivist uh basically saying that she's a politician as well as an activist um do you do you think that you know because we've had members of congress who who were well-known activists um you know whip Clyburn, uh rep lewis uh I mean what all
2: right so here's so I'm glad that you brought those those people up because I did a little bit of research because I'm TIF. So <laughs> I look to see um, kind of you know I have I have a thing. So if you're coming into Congress, I, I value experience, right? So you can be a you can be an activist, but you also have to be a you have to be a politician. And I'm not sure that Corey has got the politician part down. She definitely has the activist part down. But I did look into a couple of our well-known activists and and in the Congress. So John, well, rest in peace, John Lewis. But um, he worked in the Carter administration, so he knew politics. He worked in. He was a former Atlanta City Council, so he definitely had run for office. He knew kind of the ways of the works, how to say things, when not to say things. Had a little bit of cool, so he could be able. And but that didn't stop him from being an activist, right? He still he still was doing his activist thing, but he also had the political skills to go behind it as because of experience, right? So then you have Jim Clyburn. So he, he had run um, for assembly and he lost. Um, then he ended up going to work um, for the governor West in South Carolina, and he was an advisor um, for him. And then he was the um, human affairs commissioner for like 18 years before he ran for Congress again. He was in politics, he understood how politics worked, he knew you know, kind of the ins and outs of local government, state government, and all that. Barbara Lee, another person that we tend to put in the activist category, assembly woman, state senate, our favorite auntie, Auntie Max, she was a California state assembly person. So these people, while they are activists in their own right, they are also politicians. And Corey's antics most times don't scream to me that she has grasped the politician. And I think part of that is because she never works in government. So she is same with AOC. Like they're not political people. They're literally activists who jumped from being a bartender, a nurse, to then going to be in Congress. And I don't know that that's always the best thing to do when you don't understand politics. And so I think that has been the, and the same with Jamal, I mean, Jamal Bowman, he's a little bit different because he was at least a principal. And so he has, he had to understand how to kind of play the political game within the school and things like that. But still they, that, I think that is my biggest issue with the, what is the word? the Political activist type title that they give themselves. Because you should know how to, one, handle yourself in an interview, keep your cool, and also know how to pivot. So when somebody's asking you a question that you don't necessarily like, so when Corey did that interview, which we all probably cringed when we saw when she did the the interview on CBS and they were asking her about her security and then she kind of like lost it a little bit where she started talking about security. And then she went, no one even asked her about defund the police. She brought that up all on her own. A savvy political person would never do that. They would literally just answer the question, say, Yes, I have death threats against, against me. And next question. Like they would know how to, like, Kamala is the best at it, right? So she, she definitely knows when somebody's asking her a question, she'll answer the question. And then pivot to something else that she really wants to talk about or move to another subject. And most politicians are able to do that. So that interview right there just told me all in all that she is not, she's not a politician. She is still in her mind an activist, which is problematic on many levels.
1: Yeah, I feel like I feel like what we're what we're seeing with certain Members of Congress, and you know, there's there's some people who are running for Senate. Um, they see being elected into office as a chance to further their activism, and not using it as an opportunity to legislate on behalf of the people that you know their their activism is supposed to help.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about the people you're representing it. And that's the one thing I absolutely loved about Chantel. She, I, I literally probably have her pitch down, packed in my head of all the things that she would say when she's on, you know, with stumbling, and always, every time she always talked about what she did for the people, what she did for her community and whether it was, you know, her being a homeowner and helping the, the, you know, on the after I think it was after a storm, or if it was, you know, just um, her working in the city council and helping to get, you know, some money, whether, you know, COVID, whatever it may be, it's nice to be able to hear people talk about what they want to do for the community and not necessarily for themselves. And yes, you can be an activist and care you know, you could be an activist and care about people. The two shouldn't I mean, the whole point of being an activist is to actually help people, right? That, that's the whole point of it. But when your activism takes over doing your job, that's where that's where the lines are getting a little bit blurred. It's like are you act, are you doing the activism for you to so make a name for yourself and get attention or are you are you an activist to actually solve the problem. Because if anything, you could say, you know, you could use anyone in Congress, they should all be activists, right? They should all want us to have voting rights, or they should all want us to be able to, you know, to have health care, right? But the question is, how do you go about it? And I think that's where we are having an issue, screaming and yelling and going on TV and, you know, saying things about, you know, our elected leaders or just going, going and talking and diminishing what people are doing or saying, you know, it's because of us that they are doing this infrastructure package. No, we've been talking about infrastructure since, since Obama. Okay. So let's not even try to make this about what your priorities are. This is not about you. This is about getting the help to the people that need it, helping, you know, get our bridges and roads and airports and you know, trains and planes, everything is included in that. So it's not your win. This is not about you. And I think that is such a problem for me, which is what I have with the progressives is that it's not about you. It's not about you. I'm sorry.
1: So there's, what are your thoughts on, because very recently we've seen a lot of posturing on Twitter um, saying that the president should sign an executive order to do X, Y, Z, or that, you know, the vice president should override the parliamentarian to make X, Y, Z happen as opposed to legislating and, you know, getting these bills out of committee
2: yeah I have a big issue with that I kind of told Liz off the other day because she irks my nerves um you know she was saying well you know Biden can do an executive order on it was like on some kind of on it was a couple of different drugs and she was like yeah you can do an executive order and I'm like hold up lady you are not the office of legal counsel. You do not get to decide what the president can and can't do on an executive order. Yeah, you think that you think that anything can be done on executive order, but the president doesn't have that luxury. The president has if the president wants to do something on executive order, he needs to go to his legal team. They will then reach out to the office of legal counsel. There is somebody that's over that department. They take a look to make sure that it can pass muster. I mean, that's not, that's not even, the president can suggest it. You can suggest it. But for the fact that she went on Twitter and is constantly doing it, Schumer irks, irks my nurse too, doing it about the cancel student debt. I think that irks every single person that is on Twitter. When they see though, I muted it. I can't even bother with it, but sometimes it pops up anywhere. Or people will send it to me and I will see it. So I just look, I just look at it and I'm just like, okay, guys, If you wanted to tell the president this, you would call him. But what this signals to me is that you do not have any kind of communication with the president or Ron Klain. So that means, which is his uh, chief of staff, so that means you're not on the inside, right? You're on the outside looking in. Now, Schumer does, and I think he just does it to appease Liz I think he's like, okay, well, I'm not going to let you make a fool out of yourself alone. I'll help you with this. So I'll send out this, this timed tweet every week just to piss everybody off. So you're not the only one. But you have to legislate. I mean, that, at the end of the day, you're getting paid to be a legislator if you're in the Senate or in the Congress. You're not there to tweet. You're We're not paying you to tweet. So yes, and it's I'm saying we because it's our tax money that pays these people that you're not, you, if you wanted to be, if you want to be a, be, be a tweet, a tweeter, I guess is what you would call her, or somebody who tweets, you would be me and Greg, right? You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be paid $174,000 to be a legislator. Anybody can go on and tweet and say, cancel this, do that. We're not, we're not paying you for that. We want you to actually go out and make some Whatever your whatever your activism is, so in Liz's case, her activism is cancel student debt. Where's the bill? Why hasn't it been reintroduced into this Congress? So you made a bill last year. Where's the bill? Show us show us how you plan to do this instead of complaining to the to the president. Show us your bill. Same with AOC. Where's the bill on whatever it is that you want? You have to you have to produce the goods. You can't just keep like I, I said this the other day can you, if you, you can, don't talk, you can, oh what's the saying? Oh, I said it on, I said it the other day in my tweet. <laughs> um, Don't talk about it, be about it, right? So if you want something done, you need to go do it. If you want to raise money for somebody, go do it. If you want to legislate if, or you want something to be enacted, go make a bill. It's not that hard to do. So if the fact that they don't want to do it and it, it pisses me off, and it makes me love Amy even more, Amy Klobuchar, because she is working on legislation. She is our best legislator. So you're starting to see like, I think before 2000 or 2020, people were thinking that Liz was like this great senator and she was like, she was doing all this stuff in, con- in the Senate. But then once we started, you know, digging into her record, we're like, where's the, where's the work? Like, where's all the work? And now you see, you know, Amy, she's like up front and she's involved in the voting rights. Like you see her doing the actual work and you're like, damn, this is a big distinction between these two women who are both running for president. Right. We have one who talks too much and we have one that actually does work and talks. So you could do both, but you need to do, you can't do one. You, you have to do something. And I just, I just, I'm just so over the, as I call her, I called Liz the Twitter senator. I think that's what I called her in that tweet. Like. We don't pay you to tweet.
1: Like I don't get it. All right, so we have come to um, the point in the show where I ask all of my guests um, fifteen random questions. Um, some of them I got off the internet. Some of them were sent to me from uh, people that we know on Twitter. Um, so you ready to play?
2: I'm scared. I don't, don't, be scared. Like- don't be scared. Don't be scared. All right. Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready.
1: All right. What website, not app, do you frequent the most?
2: New York Times.
1: All right. Um, sweet tea or lemonade? Oh. Sweet tea. Oh. Who is your favorite Spice Girl?
2: The black one. I don't even know her <laughs> name. Okay
1: scary spice there you go um what is the most terrible thing that you've watched all the way through on netflix
2: oh definitely sex life that show was terrible the acting is horrible but the damn show got me like it was (coughs) was just intriguing but the acting is just so bad it's like gives me like you know 1980s like bad soap opera acting but i love that damn show
1: (laughs) Uh, (coughs) pancakes or waffles waffles renaissance fair or sci-fi convention
2: oh god well i've actually been to renaissance fair so i'm gonna go with that one because it was actually quite interesting
1: um do you have an unusual celebrity crush somebody that when you bring it up people go what the fuck is wrong with you
2: I don't think so let me think there's nobody that I that I would think would say that about me but yeah I don't I don't think that I have anyone that's unusual I mean usually the one that I always give is Denzel like who would think that he's like weird or unusual I mean other than the fact that he's much older than me like older than my dad but yeah no I don't really like them. I'm weird. I don't really like that many people to be honest. I just I just don't have any crushes. Strange.
1: Bra. Always on or only when you have to?
2: Only when I have to. I hate bra.
1: (laughs) Um sweater or hoodie?
2: Hoodie. All day. Love hoodies.
1: Um, if you could have a movie theater all to yourself and you could watch any movie in the entire world, what would you watch?
2: I would definitely watch Dirty Dancing. I love that movie.
1: Do you wash your legs in the shower?
2: Um, yeah, and my feet and my arms and every body part. Hello.
1: Pool or ocean?
2: Oh, definitely ocean. I have very bad experiences with pools. So it's gonna be the ocean all day.
1: Um, if they were going to make a biopic about your life, who would play you? Let's
2: see. I mean, I would definitely want Halle Berry to play me, only because I just love her. But I would say the young me. I would definitely pick Zendaya.
1: Okay, I could, I could see that. Actually, that would that would be that would be a good transition, like. Zendaya to Halley, like that would yeah. that would be good. Um, nude beach or not a chance?
2: Mm, at 40, not a chance.
1: <laughs> um, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten?
2: Hold on, let me think about this one. I would say the best piece of advice that my mom gave me, and this is going to be weird, is to make sure I have, I find a husband who loves me more than I love him.
1: Damn. He has to love That hits so, deep.
2: Yeah, she was, and my dad does love her way more than she loves loves him, so it worked, and it was true, and I did find it, so I was very happy about that, but yeah, he probably probably wants to get rid of me now but yeah no doubt he definitely loves me more than I love him but I, I love him equally but I think at the end of the day like he was more and he like he's always more into you know, that movie like well, he's not that into you so you want somebody that's into you right you want somebody that's actually wants to be with you um especially like a partner you know you want it should be it should be it shouldn't be like you want I, the last boyfriend I had I liked him a lot more than he liked me and she saw that. And that's when she gave me that advice. Like, yeah, you definitely want somebody that likes you way more than you like them.
1: All right. So we have come to the end of our show. Um, tell everybody where they can find uh, veeps peeps on social media.
2: All right. So you can go to veeps peeps underscore blog on Instagram You can do the same on TikTok or you can just follow me on Twitter. And that is at Tiffy330. And my name is Candidly Tiff on the Twitter.
1: All right, Tiff, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. It's been so informative. Um, Anytime you want to come back, I've always got a place in the Zoom for you.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It was very fun and good conversation. And I kept Dallas quiet.
0: (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. If you didn't enjoy this episode, why the fuck are you even still here? If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at don't make this weird pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at SB83Productions, on Instagram at SpringBreak83Productions. Don't Make This Weird is a Spring Break 83 production.